Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Those prophecies were given some 700 years before the time of Christ, and uh, they were never in doubt, though people may not have realized it or seen it. God was at work in history, moment by moment, bringing that prophecy forward until it was all finally fulfilled. So happy Christmas Eve to you. Or am I supposed to say Merry Christmas Eve? Did I get that wrong? Well, let me tell you a true story today. Um, in 1999, January of 1999, a, a man from Indiana was playing this game, Masterpiece. I don't know how many of you have ever played it. We've played it with my family, my kids, and had a, a really fun time with it. You match up pictures and you have dollar values and you bid and you... You buy forgeries accidentally, all kinds of things like this. So he's playing this game with his, his family, and he got to looking at one of these paintings, and it looked an awfully lot, very similar to the painting that he had bought somewhere real cheap to cover up a hole in his living room wall. So he's looking at this and saying, wow, these are supposed to be masterpieces, and this looks very similar. And, and so he took his painting into some place that could evaluate it. And they did evaluate it, and within a short matter of time, he sold that painting for $1.25 million. You know, some old rummage sale painting he had hanging on the wall to cover up a hole. Uh, you gonna go home and check your paintings now? What I want you to see is that, that what was going on here was in, in the mundane things of their lives, here was this painting that they didn't even know. It was just, but it, everything looked normal, everything seemed normal, but in reality, they had this great treasure with them that they didn't even realize. And so I use that word mundane. Mundane's a pretty cool word. I, I like it. Here's what it means it means it's something characterized by the practical, transitory, and ordinary, commonplace, very ordinary. Not interesting, being part of normal life and not special. Um, and when we look at most of our lives, that's kind of the way that most of our lives feel, doesn't it? You just go do the next thing that's, that's on the list and, and things happen and we don't see any really significance in it. You just got to do it. And then the next day, the same things happen and same places, all this kind of stuff. And so we can think that life is pretty mundane. And, and I think it is in a lot of ways. But what we see from the, the story of the guy who found the painting and what we see in the Christmas story, that there's an awful lot of eternal significance going on in the middle of the mundane. Now, the mundane is important. And we'll talk more about that. But let's think about the Christmas story. You know, we read it with hindsight, right? We read it knowing what's going on. But for the people who were going through it, besides Mary and Joseph, who did have some insight, they didn't understand everything. But for the most part, to see a, a couple traveling down the road with the lady seated on the donkey, um, 
You know, I didn't think much about it. This might be like you watching a, a couple drive by in a minivan, you know? Very ordinary, very normal, because she was pregnant. You might make note of that, but still, that's, that's normal. You know, traveling, there's nothing, it's just the mundane, right? It's just the ordinary things of life going on. And, and we have, you know, huge significance. We put this idea of Jesus being born in the manger, you know, in stable and placed in a manger and all that. But in reality, in this situation, that people, what was going on is people had traveled to where the government was telling them to travel so they could be part of a census and pay taxes. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and so that was normal. And the fact that because people were traveling, there wasn't a lot of room. So they, they, the poor, this is a very poor couple, find, have to find a place to stay and they find this stable. Okay. So it might be a little unusual in the sense that we don't normally see that, but it's still mundane. It's just, it's easy to explain everything that's going on there in a normal course of life. The idea of the shepherds being out on the hillside, uh, watching over the sheep at night, that's what shepherds did, right? So it's very much the mundane here. Now, what starts to, when we start to understand though that here's the mundane, but what was going on under the surface? What things of eternal significance were happening? Well, Micah, the prophet, had prophesied some 700 years before and said that in Bethlehem, this one who was going to be the son of God in human form, God himself was going to come and be born as a man in Bethlehem. And so here they are just doing the, going to do the census and the taxes. But what is God doing? God is fulfilling prophecy from 700 years earlier, which was part of his plan from before he created the world. Eternally significant things going on very much in the mundane. And so here are the shepherds on the hillside and all of a sudden they aren't alone. An angel shows up. And do you remember how it says the shepherds felt? They were what? Yeah, greatly afraid. But all the old, old King James people here were what? Sore afraid. That's, that's, you're, you're sore afraid. That's really afraid. Okay. And there's the angel making this announcement for unto you this day is born to you in the city of David, a savior. He's Christ, he's the Lord, he's the Messiah, the promised one. Eternally significant things going on. Of course, now all of a sudden they, they saw that one. <laughs> but here they were just doing their normal business when God was doing something much, much bigger. And then Jesus is born there in the stable. He's placed in a manger and now the shepherds show up. That had to be a little unusual. Yeah, how would you ladies like that, you know? So the, here you are, you have your baby, and then the construction workers from down the street all come and get in the room <laughs> to see what's going on. So it's different, but we know that it was going up, what's happened is because this was Christ the Lord, the Savior of the world, who was born. And then as we think about this, you know, even then, just you know, a baby's born, then life kind of seems to go on. But just like the prophecies were made and they just continued under the surface going till they were fulfilled, so this baby would grow up, God in human form, live a sinless life that none of us have been able to do, and then to die on a cross for us, paying the penalty for our sins, rising again, right? Leaving that tomb empty. And so that we know that we can have our sins forgiven. If we will acknowledge we're sinners and trust in Jesus, that his death and resurrection for us to pay the penalty for our sins, we just put our faith in that and trust him in it. 
And he forgives every sin and comes to live within us and gives us the eternal life. And so we can see that in the Christmas story, there is a huge amount of things of eternal significance going on in the middle of the mundane. Go ahead and do that slide if you would there, Sergey. Okay. Go to the next. Yeah, there we go. So, do you suppose that in the mundane details of your life, day in and day out, that there might be something of eternal significance going on? You see, the mundane matters. It really does matter, because sometimes we feel like all that stuff, go ahead, Sergey. We feel like, you know, this is, doesn't matter. What's the point after a while? But the mundane does matter, for it is in the mundane that God is at work, doing eternally significant things. It's in the mundane that he works all things together for good, according to his good and perfect purposes. And it is in the mundane that if we aren't careful, if we aren't alert, we can lose sight of the fact that God is working and doing eternally significant things because we're just so caught up in doing the things we got to do. Now, Mary gives us a, a, a sense of how we might pay attention, okay, to the fact that there are eternally significant things going on. Uh, the scripture describes it. We read it in Luke there. It says, but Mary kept all these things. That means she, she paid attention. She, she re- sought to remember them. She kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And if we're going to see the eternal significance in mundane things, uh, and they aren't all eternally significant in and of themselves, but if we're going to see the eternal sense, we have to be like Mary in that sense. We have to think about it. We have to pay some attention to it. Give it some thought. What's going on around us? We just don't go through it and, you know, give me another cup of coffee, please. You know, and we actually think about what's going on and what God might be doing in those things. So how, how was Mary able to do this? Well, Mary, she knew the Lord, right? We know that from the passage when it talks about the angel comes to announce to her that she's going to have this baby. Mary knew the Lord. Mary knew what the Lord was like. We see that in her prayer to him. Mary knew what the Lord had said. You're going to have a baby and it's going to be a miracle from God and he's going to grow up and be the savior of the world. And Mary here believed even when she could not see. Don't you imagine there was a lot of stuff in, from the time Jesus was born to the time he went and began his ministry that it looked like everybody else's life. You, you understand what I'm saying, right? So what's different? God said something. He did, but, and this, this Jesus is a little boy. He doesn't get in much trouble. If you get in any trouble with respect to sin, but you understand what I mean. And so the things were different, but boy, she continues to ponder these things. And we see this later in her life about how she kind of interacts with Jesus on time or two and um, that she did continue to do this pondering in her life. And so there's a perspective that we have to have or we're going to miss it. How could she do this? Well, here's, Paul talks about this, the kind of perspective that we need to have if we're going to see the eternal significance. He says this. He says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Now, it doesn't always feel that way. 
I guarantee you Stephen Dada isn't feeling that his presence are small and won't last very long. But in comparison to eternity, it is so true. It says, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we see this stuff that we're going through here in life now, right? When we're going through it here, God is doing something with it. If, if, as we respond to him and follow him, he's doing things of eternal significance, things that are going to last forever. And so Paul says, here's how we respond. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. I mean, you got to deal with them, but we aren't focusing on them. He says, instead, we, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, spiritual things, for the things that we see now will soon be gone. They're temporary. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So when we're focusing in on what God is doing, what is this eternally significant thing that God is working on and accomplishing in the middle of all this stuff that just seems so mundane and seems just so purposeless sometimes, God is actually at work. Um, you know, we're at risk of missing what God is doing. Now, God's still going to accomplish whether we realize or not. He's going to accomplish the big things that he's promised and he's doing in the world. But we can miss things in our own life and not experience certain things if we don't learn to see the eternally significant things that are going on. And Jesus challenged the people of, well, he challenged Israel, his people, on the day of his triumphal entry, Palm Sunday. And there were people there celebrating and saying good things, but overall, the people of God weren't ready. They weren't prepared. The prophecy was there. Talk about prophecy. We go back to the book of Daniel, and I'm convinced that Daniel prophesied to the very day in history when Jesus would ride into Jerusalem presenting himself as the Messiah. I believe he did it. And they could have known this. And so here's what he says to them because they weren't ready. He says, so, uh, actually, can you see there, Sergei? Maybe I didn't get something in the right place. Luke 19, is that in there somewhere? Because my slides are out of order there somehow, which is my fault. But anyways, you see, yeah, Luke 19, thank you. If you had known, this is Jesus talking in general to the people in Jerusalem. If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, God was at work moving things forward to this very day. And if you had known that, he says, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. You aren't seeing them because you aren't looking. Your heart isn't in the right place. Your focus is on the wrong things. Now they are hidden from your eyes because you did not know the time of your visitation. You did not know when I was showing up. And so in our lives, we can miss out on things God is doing and not be a part of it and miss out on some of the good results of those things. So how do we not miss out? There's some things that God has given us to, that help us to be sensitive and stay attuned to the eternally significant. And you hear us say these things all the time. But first of all, you have the Holy Spirit. Okay? When you come to know Jesus as Savior, I say God moves in. That's the Holy Spirit. Moves in. Takes up residence. And it's, as we uh, 
consciously remember to submit ourselves to him and his working in our lives, he can make us sensitive to what's going on. He can get our attention. He can whisper a word into our mind. So, but the Holy Spirit, we have to learn to be yielded to him. And if you, know, you may be new to us here or maybe your first time here, you say, I don't know the Holy Spirit thing. Don't worry about it. The idea is if you accept Jesus as Savior, he moves in. And if we will continue to say, okay, Lord, I want to know what you want me to know. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to think the way you want to think. Then he will work in our lives because we are open to the Holy Spirit. And then the church, he's given us the church, the people of God. And as we interact with the people of God, you come and worship. And I don't mean just, hey, you know, you show up once in a while, you know, or for this holiday or that event. No, you, you, you make coming and worshiping with the church a big part of your life, an important part of your life, a consistent part of your life, God will use it to help you to be more in tune to what he is doing in your life. And then the word of God, right? The word of God is alive and, it's, and it deals with our own heart issues. And so it's going to stir us up to, to be alert to, to these eternally significant things that are going on. Prayer, when we talk to God and just communicate with him, you know, and ask for him to, to lead us and teach us and, and uh, be honored and glorified in our lives as we pray and interact, he sensitizes us to his spirit and what he's doing. And then fellowship. When you have relationships with other Christians where it's, a, it's, it's about your relationship with Christ and, and, and you can talk about these things. You know, I, I've had people in my life who have said in certain situations where I'm all worked up about something or whatever, who have spoken into my life, you know, well, I, think, I think God might be doing this in your life. And it's like, wow, I hadn't thought of that. And that's how God... Helped me at those times to see what was going on of eternal significance. That it wasn't about all this stuff over the top. It was about something else that God was doing. And then obedience. And by obedience here, I don't mean, oh, you've got to obey to earn this. No, what I'm saying is when you do what God says, when you make your decisions the way God says you ought to make them in the word, when you try to live your life by his principles and his precepts, all, what happens is that takes you to places that will enable you to see what God is doing. You've put yourself in situations where you will see God work, okay? So these are some ways that we can, things we can do um, to make sure we stay sensitive to the eternal significance of what's going on. So let's, let's go back now, Sergey, to those slides where it says random, okay, divine appointment. Because here's, here's what happens to us when we're, we're following the Lord and seeking to see these things, you know, how many times have you felt like something seemed like a really random event in your life? Might have been even a big thing. You know, someone hit your car. Uh, whatever, a random event. But then you start to realize, wait a minute, maybe this is a divine appointment. God has me here at this time in this situation with these people around because there's something he wants to do through me. What is it, Lord? Okay. Uh, then... People, you see people. Anybody here ever get tired of people? <laughs> Maybe just certain people, I don't know. We have to, but we need to remember they aren't just, they aren't these people, they are what? Eternal souls. These are people for whom Jesus died and loves them and wants to work in their life like he works in ours. And so we, we need to see that. I guarantee you if you just go through life looking at these people, dealing with these people, you will not think to share the gospel with them. But if you see them as eternal souls that God has brought a pasture 
cross your path, and this just might be a divine appointment, then you have something to say. Share Jesus with them. And when you look at your life and sometimes feel like this is meaningless, what's the point? You can remember, no, no, it is eternally significant. God is doing eternally significant things. But I'm not seeing it, okay? God is doing eternally significant things. Well, it's not pleasant, yes, but God is doing eternally significant things, and we want to see that. And so your relationships with your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, your coworkers, whatever your life's current circumstances, all of these things, if we will be in tune with the Lord, we can see. I don't begin to say we see everything that's eternally significant or that we always see things that are eternally significant. But God is doing eternally significant things in the mundane in our lives. So... They're going on right under our nose and we do not want to miss it. Jesus warned about that. He talked to them, you know, you aren't seeing, you aren't hearing because your hearts are hard. And that's what all these things we've been talking about. We want that soft heart before God. The Apostle Paul tells us not to become numb to the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive and, and respond and listen. And Peter said it like this in his second letter. He says, for he who lacks these things this spiritual character and sensitivity that God is producing. He who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Man, if we are saved and we know that he has saved us and cleansed us, we need to remember it, see? We need to keep it before us and remember what God is doing. Now, on the flip side, he says, if you do yield to God and let him do this work in your life, and, and it does put you in tune uh, to his eternally significant things, he says this, if that's you, he says, for an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That means when your life comes to an end and you go to be with the Lord, it's going to be really good because you've already seen eternally significant things going. You already have this sense of God and how he works. And now you're going to get there and it's going to be, whoa, I really see now. But you don't want to miss out on that. So how do we respond to God's eternally significant working in our lives. Well, the first thing is this. If you don't know, when you don't know, you can't see. If you don't know that he's doing eternally significant things, you won't see it. And so what do you need to do? You need to, to learn. Start learning. Wait a minute. I need to look at my life differently. I need to think about these things differently. I need to learn. Okay. Secondly, if, if when you find that uh, when you know that God's doing things, but you don't see it, you trust him. I got to think, Mary, how many things in her life did she come along and say, well, wait a minute, how does this fit into what God said? I don't see how this fits into what God said. She had to do what? Trust. And so do we. And there's a lot of our lives like this. Things are going on. We don't necessarily understand. It doesn't seem important or whatever, but we know God's doing something. And so I'm going to trust him. I'm, I'm going to do what he says here. I'm going to believe what he says. And then finally, when you do know and you see Man, that is cool. You have reason to rejoice and, and be motivated to continue to cooperate with the Lord in these things. So let the Christmas story remind you to see the eternal, eternal significant things that God is doing in the middle of all these mundane things in your life. Remember it. 
as you go to be with family or friends today and you're watching this hustle bustle and if it, you know you may be in situations that ah, it's crazy too many kids and out of control and all this kind of stuff and you feel that way wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I remember he was doing something of eternal significance in the mundane in the Christmas story you know what He's probably doing eternally significant things here in my life right now. Lord, teach me. Show me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have done eternally significant things. We know, Lord, all, most of us here, many of us here today know you as Savior. We know that's an eternally significant thing that you've done. Help us to, to really yield ourselves to you and, and open up our hearts and minds to see what you're doing and to, to cooperate with you and be a part of it. I do pray, Lord, for those who are here today, maybe in this first time they ever really heard and understood that the way we get our sins forgiven and get eternal life is by putting our faith in Jesus once and for all, accepting what he did on the cross for us. If they haven't done that, I pray, Lord, they'll make that decision. Even right now, they would just say to you, oh, God, that's me, and I, I trust Jesus now. Or they might talk to somebody who can help them. And I pray, Lord, as we go through the rest of this day and tomorrow, celebrating the birth of your son, uh, that we would honor and glorify you with our attitudes and our choices. And that in the process, Lord, we would see your mighty hand at work in our lives, even in the smallest of things. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that completes our Christmas Eve service. And um, obviously we did it on a Sunday morning, include as many of you as we could. Normally this is what we do on Christmas Eve. And if you've never been there before, I'm not gonna tell you to start planning for a year ahead, all right? Just, in, <laughs> just enjoy Christmas, okay? God bless you, go out there, you know, God's at work in your life. Cooperate with him and have an awesome, awesome time with your Christmas celebration. God bless you.